22nd of November 2019, Friday, 3.32pm. My name is James and this is Weird But Wonderful. Welcome, welcome back. It's your weekly dose of weirdness and exploration into the minds of strange people doing strange things. On this show, we've got everything from psychology journals and peer-reviewed studies to ridiculous news stories, all in the pursuit of trying to understand what makes people tick. But before we get into this episode... I wanted to quickly mention the Patreon. You can support the show for as little as $1 a month. Head over to patreon.com forward slash weird but wonderful. Check out the tiers and you can get anything from early access to episodes, behind the scenes video updates, as well as bonus episodes, including early looks at other projects that I'm working on. That's patreon.com forward slash weird but wonderful. Go become a patron today and support the show. But for today's topic psychologist Kurt Smith is going to be teaching us how to make friends as an adult. Look, I know when, when you were a kid, it just seemed so much easier to make friends. You liked Ninja Turtles. You saw another kid playing with a Ninja Turtles action figure. It's not a doll, dad. They're action figures. And you went up and you were like, yo, Donatello's the shit. And they were like, I'm more of a Michelangelo man myself. And then you're like, Okay, that's wrong, but we'll be friends, I guess. Um, you know, it's a lot it's a, it's a lot easier is what I'm saying. Kurt says that uh, it's not as easy to make friends as an, as, as an adult. When you're a kid and you wanted to make friends, you could just ask another kid if, you, if they wanted to play. There were usually toys or a playground involved, and before you knew it, you were laughing and playing with your new friend. Yes, that's a bit of a simplification, and it isn't always that easy for kids. Nonetheless, making friends as children and even teens seems a bit more natural than it does for adults. As adults, we're busy, we put up walls or focus on family, and then one day we look around and realize we don't have as many friends as we'd like. Maybe we don't have any at all. Once you realize you're in a friendship deficit and would like to change that, what's next? Once, hey, once you've had a look at the, you've had a look at the books, you've crunched some numbers, you've realized that you're in the friendship black, you've got to get it back into the friendship red. Uh, what do we do, Kurt? Guide me, Kurt. Guide me with your economic language. Chat someone up at a bar. Go back to school. Swipe right. Although some of these may work, they probably aren't the best options. Kurt, these options are piss. Give me better options. The truth is that as we age, it's not really the opportunities for friendships that change, it's us. As children, we're far less preoccupied with the busyness of life, and we typically are also less concerned about rejection. As adults, we not only become busy, but we also become very aware and afraid of rejection. This is part of what makes seeing potential for new friendships so difficult. So what should you do if you want to increase the size of your friend circle? Well... There are a few simple things that can drastically help. Here we go. Kurt's finally getting to the meat of it. To begin with, you need to change your thinking and stop worrying about being rejected. Oh, easy. Easy. Why didn't you open with that, Kurt? Oh, I'll just turn that off. Yeah, I'll just switch that part of me off. Hey, you know that persistent and eternal feeling of dread associated with rejection and failure? Just turn that off, silly. Don't need that anymore. We're here to make friends. It's chum time. Turn off the eternal fear. So easy. Step one. Done. Turn off. Turn off your fear. Hey, just just don't. Hey, you know how you're afraid of fear and rejection? Oh, yeah. I'm absolutely terrified of it. You know, um, now that we've society has evolved to a certain point where we're not really in danger from you know, the, the, the elements or, or animals, we've sort of evolved to a certain point where we fear a social death. Um, so absolutely terrified. 
terrified to my very core for, for, for rejection. Cool, just turn that off. Oh, okay, Kurt. Didn't realize this was going to be so simple. Most people are similar in that they would like to create additional friendships. Think about it. Generally, if you smile at someone, they'll smile back. If you say hello and ask about their day, they will do the same. I want you to picture that actually taking place in the real world. A lot of so much advice that I see and hear people giving that is supposed to be genuine and useful advice is kind of, in a lot of instances, somewhat detached from reality. Just a little bit. I want you to I want you to picture this scenario, okay? You're at a cafe. You're at a Merlot, okay? You've just ordered your coffee. You're now you're standing around with all the other people waiting for your name to be called so you can go get your delicious cup of mud, okay? So you can kickstart your day. Don't talk to me without my cup of joe. <laughs> so, you're, so you're standing around waiting for your name to be called with a whole bunch of other people. You're you're on your phone, you know, you're listening to a great podcast. I've heard about this one uh, solo podcast, which I've heard can be a little weird. Some people do find the solo podcast a little weird. I have been told that, but hey, we're not going to let that defeat us. We're just going to keep, we're going to keep making them. All right, say this article is for me, okay? I need to make friends so that I can podcast with someone else. Don't make fun of me on Twitter. Um, <laughs> okay, so you're listening to a really great podcast, it's called Weird But Wonderful. Or you're, or you're on social media, you know, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, maybe looking at, I don't know, at One Weird Podcast. Uh, or you, you, you do, you do, you're sending an email, text message, who gives a shit? You're on your phone, you're staring at your phone, ears, ears out, re- ready to hear your name. And then you, you feel, you feel that feeling when you're being watched. And you feel, you feel eyes just burning into the side of your face. You feel them. You feel the feeling of being totally blasted with some peepers. And it gets to a point where you think like, okay, just, it must be me. I'm going to shake this feeling. I'm going to look up. I'm just going to glance up, have a quick look around, confirm that in this coffee shop, of course, absolutely no one is staring at me. You glance over. You see that you see that a that a gentleman is blasting you with his peepers, but also just shining that grin, big old psycho grin on their face. They're smizing and smiling. They're blasting you with their peeps, staring right into your soul. And then you glance over, and then they go, "Hi." Is that a situation in which do you, do you then go? You know what? I do feel like I need to create additional friendships. Or do you think to yourself, like I would, oh, great, someone didn't take their medicine and I'm going to get stabbed today. Which one of those is your first thought? Is it, oh, here's an opportunity to make a friend? Or is it, great, I'm going to get knifed? Tweet me, let me know. (laughs) Kurt continues. No, this doesn't mean that you'll start planning vacations together, but it does show that most people are receptive. I don't, I don't, again, Kurt, I don't think that most people are receptive because go out into society and experience it. Um, 
Apply the same logic to those in your life that you may want to get to know better. Initiating conversations and showing interest in someone's thoughts, opinions, and well-being will be met with in-kind behavior more often than not. And this can become the beginning of a friendship. These opportunities present themselves throughout your day, even if you don't realize it. At work, coffee shops, the gym, your child's school. It just takes some initiative and effort to begin the process. Is it just me or does the idea of approaching a stranger, because then you've got to take into that whole other, man, because then there's a whole, there's there's, there's another level at play here, which I feel like Kurt isn't taking into consideration at all, which is that some people will think you're hitting on them and you're not. So how do I, how do I, I want to see if Kurt addresses this and I, I sincerely hope that he does because if I just went up to some lady at a coffee shop and I was like, uh, again, blasting her with the teeth and the eyes and the grin and the smizing. Um, and then she looks over and I go, Hey, what's up? Their immediate thought is probably going to be like, Oh, great. This handsome, probably solo podcast host because what a beautiful tone of voice he has i can't be dealing with this gorgeous guy hitting on me you know what i mean it's just it's it's strange (laughs) i'd say the majority of people your immediate thought is something bad is gonna happen and then the next thought is or your other thought is, oh, great, they're hitting on me. You know what I mean? How do you circumvent? <laughs> how, and here's how you circumvent both of those. Uh, you blast the eyes. You blast the grin. Uh, then when they look up, you go, hey, what's up? I'm James. Two, two quick things. I'm not here to stab you or hit on you. How's your day going? Try that. I should try that. I'll try that. I'll report back because that seems, yeah, no, that makes sense. That covers all the bases. Never mind. Um, the second thing to remember is not to make it complicated. Perfect. I don't think there was anything complicated about me saying, hey, what's up? I'm James. I'm not here to stab you or hit on you. Having a good day? There's nothing complicated about that. You don't need to rehearse. Oh, well, fuck. Here I am rehearsing. I should make it more natch. Make it more natch. Um, hey, what's up? No, that's too. That's I don't know what that was. Hey, what's up? <laughs> um, okay, more now. Okay, well, let me, let's see here. You don't need to rehearse, plan, or overthink things. See, that's my problem. I'm rehearsing them and I'm overthinking them. Just allow yourself to relax and naturally begin a conversation. Okay. Well, I'm a very good conversationalist. Um, so let's see how this would go. Hey, what's up? I'm James. Fuck. Hey, what's up? Getting the almond milk? Cool. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Oh, I'm so lucky. I'm so lucky that I was able to meet my girlfriend at... uh, Friends of mine were in a band and I was able to meet her because we both went to shows. So that was like our mutual in and that's how I got to know. Thank God. Thank God that's because if I had to, if I have to do a cold approach, oh, ne- it just wouldn't work. It would, I'd be single and dead. I'd be dead. I'd, I'll tell you this right now. If my girlfriend and I didn't, didn't meet on the night that we did, I'd be dead now. 
did you hear what I just said before? Getting the almonds milk? Jesus. Okay, I'm, over, I'm, I'm, I'm complicating it too much. Hey, what's... That's too much energy. I'm going to stop. Um... So, for, hey, for you, obviously for me, these aren't gonna these aren't gonna work for me. I'm unless someone approaches me to be friends and does the majority of the talking. We've already established that I'm not gonna be able to make friends with probably anyone for the rest of my life. So, for you, the uh, takeaway here is: um, don't rehearse, don't plan ahead, don't overthink things. Just just allow yourself to relax and naturally begin a conversation. For me, I have no natural entry point into a conversation, uh, which is what I'm realizing. But also, here's the thing that I know about myself as a 30-year-old human being. Um, I also don't have uh, a natural middle to a conversation, and I super don't have a natch end to a conversation. Never know how to start it, continue it, or end it. Ending it is probably my worst conversational feature because I don't know how to just natch out of it, you know? Some people can natch out. I can't natch out. I like, I cringe out. I cringe out, I awkward out. I kind of like go to walk away, but they're still talking. I don't know how to... What I need is, and I've just thought of this now, the Secret World of Alex Max style abilities where I can melt into a puddle and then I just, and I slither away. That's, that's what I need. You'll also need to understand that these things don't happen overnight. One good conversation does not create a lifelong friendship and it will take time to determine if you're actually compatible and to, de- and to develop the kind of connection that is sustainable. Not all these attempts will be successful, but that shouldn't discourage you. Most of my social in- interactions um, aren't successful and they have discouraged me, unfortunately. <laughs> it takes having certain traits, interests and experiences in common to bring two people together and create a friendship. There are, there are times when those things exist and times when they don't. Maybe that's my problem. He says desperately trying to cling to maybe it's something other than my own (laughs) lack of social skills um why friendships as adults are important okay so up until this point kurt thinks he's given us enough information it would seem to now go out and just become friends with people so this is this is him saying why we need friends why is it important for us to have friends uh as adults Research shows that new friendships start to decline in our 20s. Studies have also shown that friendships are a big factor in mental and physical health, as well as longevity. In other words, loneliness kills even in a relationship. Friendships help keep us balanced and give us an outlet for expressing our feelings. They also provide substance and meaning in our lives. Caring about others and feeling cared about plays a big part of feeling important, like you matter, and that you have purpose. One of the biggest problems we have as adults, however, is knowing what a friend really is. Many people will say they have plenty of friends. They have work friends, friends at the gym, or friends that they grab a drink with. But are these really meaningful friendships? They may be, or have the potential to be, but without effort, they also just may be acquaintances rather than friendships. Social contact is important, even if it's just superficial conversation. But those conversations are not a substitute for a meaningful friendship. No matter your age, 25, 45, or 85, you are not too old to make a new friend. So next time you have the opportunity, take the risk and begin the process of making a new friend. 
That's all that Kurt wrote on that one. I don't really feel like someone equipped me with any new tools for... Let's recap what Kurt said. Um, Turn off your ability to fear. Don't be afraid of rejection. (laughs) Impossible. So we'll probably skip that step, Kurt, and on to the next one. And then his next one's like, um, it won't happen overnight, and just relax into it. Natch it up, is what he said. None of that's helpful to me. But that's okay. I've got I've I've pieced together some some other information here. I've been, I've also been reading a book called uh, Social: Why Our Brains Are Wired to Connect by Matthew D. Lieberman. And in that book, it says, in a survey given in 1985, people were asked to list their friends in response to the question, "Quote: Over the last six months, who are the people with whom you discussed matters important to you?" The most common number of friends listed was three. Fifty-nine percent of respondents listed three or more friends fitting this description. The same survey was given again in 2004. This time, the most common number of friends was zero, and only 37% of respondents listed three or more friends. Back in 1985, only 10% indicated that they had zero confidants. In 2004, this number skyrocketed to 25%. One out of every four of us is walking around with no one to share our lives with. That's, that is, isn't that such like a... That's such, that's, it. it's sad, first of all, but that's such a staggering number of people. One in four, one in four people don't have anyone to share their life with. Fuck. That's so, just hearing, hearing something like that, it does kind of make you want to just go out to a fucking coffee shop and say, hey, to someone, yo, what's up? You like coffee? Fuck yeah, dog, me too. Let's tell you what, once a week, me and you have coffee here. Chat about coffee shit. See if we're into anything else. Fuck. One in four people. That's crazy. Julianne Holt Lundstad did a meta-analysis of social support and health outcomes and found that not having enough friends or having a weak social circle is the same risk factor as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Literally... Not having social interactions or not having close friends that we can share things with or share our lives with or just people that we can be close with is so physically detrimental to us. Isn't that crazy? That's insane. It's, it's so interesting. I'm so fascinated by people and I, 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 I just, I'm just shit at like interacting with people. That's, that's my whole thing. You know, I'm I'm I definitely wouldn't describe myself as someone who doesn't like people. You know what I mean? There are certain people that I don't like and I and I know that, but I'm just mean like I just wish I was better at like people who are charismatic, I'm so jealous of because they just find it so easy to talk to anyone about anything and it's so smooth and just seems so effortless and like you know, not cringe at all. You know what I mean? So jealous of people with charisma. Um, I also found this interesting too, uh, while I was looking uh, for information around this topic. A study by a Dutch sociologist who tracked about a thousand people of all ages found that on average, 
we lose half of our close network members every seven years. To think that half the people currently on your most dialed list will fade out of your life in less than a decade is frightening indeed. And when I think, when you like think back to seven years ago, are you still friends with all of those people? And like, are you keeping in touch? You know, whether it's like work friends, life friends. Because like for me, that tracks, you know, there are definitely still people, obviously, that I have continued friendships with. I mean, you know, you know, child childhood friends who like we're still friends now and stuff. But like there are definitely people from my social circle seven years later who just like aren't there anymore. And we've just like drifted apart for, you know, whatever reason. Um, one suggestion for making new friends was don't, which I thought was interesting. <laughs> Instead, reconnect with old friends. And see, I like that. That's working smarter, not harder. That's, well, I mean, unless unless you stopped being friends with them for a reason, right? Like, don't just pick up, don't just pick up where you left off with someone who you were like, ah, they were a piece of shit. Although maybe enough time has passed. I am reading another book right now that talks about, I'm reading two books, Mindset by Carol Dweck, and another one is The War for Kindness. And they both sort of explore... Um, mind, mindset explores the, the fluidity of your, um, it's essentially fixed mindsets versus, um, I forget the other term, but let's just say malleable mindset. So someone who believes like intelligence is fluid and, and if they read and like, you know, study and try hard, they will get better. Whereas other people are like, ah, no, you know, I'm maybe genetically predisposed to being like this or whatever. Or, you know, they're like, ah, you know, I'm just not a smart person. So they don't really try. Um, and then the war for kindness is is sort of seeing if, if I guess, kindness and, and, and being compassionate um, uh, is, is that malleable. Can you, it, can you essentially grow your level of kindness or shrink your level of kindness, um, which say good thing so far it's looking like kindness is on a scale and while you are can be genetically predisposed to you know having us you know being lower down on the scale or higher up on the scale you can increase uh that um scale so you can get more kind so <laughs> i say all that to say this maybe the person who you cut out is a different person you know times times gone on they've become even look at yourself you're not the same person that you were in high school you know what i mean you're a different person now so i think it's important to remember that other people are that way as well or give them the benefit of the doubt that other people can be that way you've changed so maybe they've changed and maybe you didn't like them and now you do or maybe you did like them and now you don't you know what i mean anyway another tip is don't be interesting, be interested. Studies show that being likable can be as easy as listening to people and asking them to tell you more, which I feel like that has diminishing returns at some point. <laughs> if you're just, at what point do you go from like, tell me more, tell me more, to like, is this just an interrogation? <laughs> you know what I mean? And not only that, what if I've always thought this? What if the other person 
is using the same techniques on you that you're trying to use on them. And then we're, we're both trying to get the other person to talk more because we're, we're bad at social interactions or talking. Oh, hey, enough, enough about me. What, what about you? Tell, you know, tell me about yourself. <laughs> no, no, no. No, I, I, genuinely, I want to know more about you. You know, you tell me about yourself. Oh, no, no, no. I couldn't possibly. I'm bloody chatty Cathy about myself or bloody nice. Enough about me, you know. You you take the reins for a little bit. You tell me a little bit about yourself. No, I couldn't. not going to bloody do that. I've been chatting too bloody much. You tell me about yourself. Hey. Fuck me, all right? Forget me! Tell me about you! Hey! Fuck you! Fuck me! Get me out of here! Tell me about yourself! Someone needs to talk here! <laughs> I'm just saying, someone's got to talk. You know what I mean? And if we're both pulling the same shit, what if we both <laughs> listen to this great podcast and then... <laughs> What if you're out somewhere and, you know, you and this other person who are having a conversation have both listened to this, you know, recently published fantastic podcast that taught you about how to make friends as an adult and then you're both trying to use the tactics from it. You know, it's just not going to work. Another rip-roaring tip. Start a group. Denmark has the happiest people in the world. Why are Danes so happy? One reason is that 92% of them are members of some kind of social group. This is via Engineering Happiness, a new approach for building a joyful life. The sociologist Ruth Wienhoven and his team have collected happiness data from 91 countries, representing two-thirds of the world's population. He has concluded that Denmark is home to the happiest people in the world, with Switzerland close behind. Interestingly enough, one of the more detailed points of the research found that 92% of the people in Denmark are members of some sort of group ranging from sports to cultural interests. To avoid loneliness, we must seek active social lives, maintain friendships, and enjoy stable relationships. That sounds so counterintuitive to me wanting to, like, watch YouTube videos, you know? That just seems, like, I get that we're supposed to have an active social life, but when am I going to read my books? When am I going to watch the Netflix? When am I going to play Overwatch? You know what I mean? I'm not going to get out of Platinum by not playing Overwatch, am I? You know what I mean? You know, having to, these, these social lives just seem to be impacting so much of where I want to spend my time. Oh, hang out with people. Guess I'm not playing Overwatch tonight then. Oh, come have a drink. Guess I'm not going to drink wine on my couch and watch movies. Great. <laughs> Starting to see where maybe my problems are. <laughs> and what's the best way to make sure you're in a group? Start one. That makes it a lot easier to stay in touch and a lot easier to manage those big five friendships with 20% of the effort. A weekly lunch, a monthly sewing circle, a quarterly movie night, whatever works. Friends bring friends and suddenly it's not so hard to meet cool new people. And who does everyone have to thank for this? You. Be the friendship glue. Be the glue that attracts the friend. Be the Venus friend trap with a movie club. How do you start a fucking movie club, first of all? Like, it would have to be at an at a cinema. You know what I mean? Because you're not, you're not going to go around to... Jeff's house 
Hey, Jeff that I've never met before. Hey, this guy Jeff met him on a forum. Anyway, um, <laughs> he's we're gonna watch a black and white movie. He's do he does. It's called Jeff's Black and White Wednesdays, and we're gonna go. Re- you come with me, and we'll go around Jeff's house, just you and I. Jeff, this guy again that I met just off the internet on a forum, and Jeff's Black and White Wednesdays, and we'll be alone uh, in his house. You know, make it maybe, maybe an outdoor kind of thing. You know what I mean? Maybe like meet at a cinema. I know that um, fucking uh, I'm I'm part of a, a group on Facebook called Brisbane Horror Fans, and I'm pretty sure they do uh, every now and then, like every month or like two months or whatever. They try to meet up for to watch a horror movie if there's a horror movie out. Um, so do shit like that. You know, don't go to Jeff's house and get tied up and put in his basement and killed and this other tip here that i read was suggested by oprah and oprah's tip for making friends as an adult was and i quote visit a library now i personally love a library okay not exactly sure if it's the place to chat though is it you know kind of i don't know hey oprah i don't know about you but i think the whole point of a library is to Shut the fuck up a little bit. I think it's a place where everyone sort of there's a there's a communal awareness, and we all know that hey, in the library where we're all trying to read, shut the fuck up, you know. So I don't know if that's the best place to make friends. However, according to the New Yorker, which reported on a 2011 study featured in the Annual Review of Psychology, people who read mostly fiction are better at empathizing with others. Fuck. I read pretty much exclusively nonfiction. I'm looking at my bookshelf right now. Uh, Mindset by Carol Dweck. Social, Matthew D. Lieberman. Fuck. Influence by Robert Caldini. Hitmakers, Derek Thompson. Marketing that works. The new rules of marketing. Ah, oh, shit. Seth Godin. This is marketing. How to win friends and influence people. God damn it. So instead of snuggling up at home with one of the busiest books of 2019, take a trip to your library and see if there's anyone in your favorite section who piques your interest and who's eyeing an anticipated read you can't wait to bury your nose in. Hey, what's up? I'm James, by the way. I know we got to keep it down. It's like a library and stuff. Um, What do you got there? A Gentleman in Moscow? Fuck yeah, dog. I bought that one a while ago and I started reading it. It's a very thick book. Kind of put it back on the shelf. I'm kind of looking at it right now. <laughs> Never really got to the end of it, but hey, seems like a rad one. Me just just reading the Fifty Shades series at the moment. Yeah, it's pretty good stuff. Pretty good stuff. Hey, you into that kind of stuff? What's your favorite bits? <laughs> My f- <laughs> my favorite part, hey, my favorite parts are when Mr. Gray's throbbing. Where are you going? It's really good writing, actually. Do you like fan fiction? <laughs> yeah, you know, bust out a really good chat at the library. It's a great idea, but, you know, maybe not, maybe not the ideal setting is all I'm saying. Great idea. Maybe a bookstore. Oh, could that be better? Is it a sin to read at a bookstore, though? Hmm. Do you own a bookstore? Let me know. Um, 
I see like how that can be a good idea. I just don't know if everyone else at the library would be super appreciative of the fact that you've chosen the fucking library to strike up a conversation and make friends. Um, but that's going to do it for this episode. Did we have any takeaways? Uh, head over to One Weird Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to keep up to date with all the bloody goings on. And while you're there, let me know. What are your, what are your techniques, if you have any, your secret tips for making friends as an adult? Are you charismatic? Are you cool? What's a, Okay, here, and a personal one for me. What's a very natural, a natty convo intro? And a V natty convo exit because I'll keep them in my pocket and I'll pretty much just use those exclusively throughout my life. Um, don't forget to uh, check out the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash weird but wonderful, different tiers on there. Go check it out. If you want to support the show, it, you know, it would mean a lot to me. It would really help me to dedicate more time to this show and making other shows and, uh, you know, putting all the, the the sort of like extras and fun little bits together. And there's, there's, t- there's so many other things that I want to do that just really needs time. And so with your support, I would be able to put more time into uh, doing this and, and sort of, I guess really the, the ultimate goal is to, to make podcasting my full-time thing um, would be my absolute ideal. But um, yeah, go check out the, the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Weird but wonderful. Uh, have a look at the tiers. You can support the show for as little as $1 a month, and it would mean the absolute world to me. You can also email me, oneweirdpodcast at gmail.com. If you've got any weird and wonderful findings that you want to send this way, absolutely get on board and do that. Uh, if you want to have a chat, you can also find me personally at my Pixel Persona on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, also, I forgot to mention on, on the Patreon, there's, there's a bunch of stuff uh, up there already that... Um, you know, because there'll be episodes will go up there earlier and there's other little posts and stuff that go up there uh, earlier as well. So yeah, go check it out. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Share the show with a friend. Share it with a loved one. Share it with a new friend and leave a rating review. If wherever you're listening to podcasts has the ability to leave a rating or review, um, five-star review would be very much appreciated. It helps people like you find the show And it gives it that extra layer of credibility. Social proofing is what it's all about. This has been episode 42. Come back for episode 43. And I'll see you next time.